0: Oh man People ask me why I write so many suicide jokes And I'm, I'm like, I'm not like writing these I'm not like sitting down every day like Here we go, more suicide jokes guys <laughs> I just think about it constantly, you know <laughs> Suicide is a lot like sex In that like you can be far too inept to accomplish it uh, But it's one of the hardest things in the world to not think about You know what I mean? Huh? Huh? No? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna make you happy now. Here we go. (laughs) Ah, fuck. Ah, man. One of the worst parts about not giving a fuck about what anybody else says is it's impossible to be cheered up. There's no. I'm just like, I don't care what you're fucking saying. (laughs) Doesn't affect me. Oh, god damn it. I don't need any of that shit. I don't like compliments. I don't like compliments, and I don't like apologies, which is a weird run of things where people be like, oh, you're good. I'm like, don't do that. And they're like, I'm sorry. I'm like, fucking stop. Just leave me alone. No more talking. Cool. All right, here's where I make you happy. So I'm going to do some animal impressions for you guys. Do you guys like animal impressions? Okay, here we go. I'll do one. All right. Go ahead and guess. It's more fun if you guess. So just go ahead and if you think you got it, just share it
1: out. It's a wolf.
0: It's a wolf. All right, guys. I'll do another one. I'll do another one. Wee
2: wee 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 That's yeah, a
0: wolf. <laughs> different kind of wolf. Totally different. Like those wolves don't even know each other. Totally se- separate wolves. All right, I'll do another one. Oh, Coyote! Cousin of the wolf! Alright, guys, I'm out of here.
3: Yay. Give it up for Zach Wiseman! So, a strange thing has happened in podcast world. We've switched over to Pamtastic. So, hello, new audience of Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on mutinyradio.fm. That was Zach Wiseman filling up the happy hour. You should go back and listen to that other podcast with the 27 comedians I got in tonight. Holy fuck! Oh my God, that was so much work. Uh, but we're gonna have, we're, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna take a 10 minute break with commercials and we're gonna be back with the most amazing Pamtastics I think in a long time. The theme is divorce. Why did I come up with this theme? That today is my ex-husband's birthday. Yes, it is, 1973, it was uh, six ten seventy-three. 10 Lot of passwords for us over the years, you know what I mean? Uh, so it was his birthday and I was like, what am I gonna do tonight? This is a divorce-themed show. Everyone here is divorced. I am, Iris. Summer is, Jeremy Adkins, Annette Mullaney, Richard Dryling, Brandon Gardner, Amy Bebo, and Jesse Hett are all divorced comedians, which is wonderful. So you guys are going to stay here, clap it up for them. Uh, things that are happening, I'm going to start running the door. It's five bucks, but what you get is a pot treat. Uh, it's a medicated marijuana treat uh, because no one listens to this show. They're not coming after us, right? Next week, they're like coming into, the- door just kidding i mean no really they're over there uh but we're gonna have a good time you guys stay tuned uh keep listening if you're listening to the podcast or fast forward 10 minutes that's fine too uh everybody on the inside we're gonna smoke cigarettes and drink and then come back in and have an amazing show tonight (gasps) yay mutiny radio everybody say yay mutiny radio okay we'll be back in 10 minutes bye
4: Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio FM. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over forty-four different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio FM has the best programming. The internet ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced (laughs) McRat.
5: universe? <laughs> it's a cash cow cutting. <laughs>
6: On the coolest, most original items in San Francisco, that's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates.
3: The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources.
2: They got them and from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between. Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or oh, later. I'm an your son.
1: I actually changed like three times <laughs> the course of that.
7: Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics? doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience puppets kittens unicorns porn maybe oh well stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every friday from 6 to 8 p.m but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny radio fm index at
2: podcasts.pcrcollective.org
7: so come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny. I just fucked that up. Again, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! yeah right. I got it. got that tragedy.
4: Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever wanna be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh shoot!
2: From time to time, I've given it a thought or two.
4: You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two people's paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious?
3: Welcome to Friday night, yay, it's Friday night, it's time for Pantastics Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio.fm, yeah, uh, today, hey, welcome everybody to the show, yay, yay, uh, I'm your host Pam Benjamin, I'll be uh, warming up the crowd uh, while the crowd filters in from outside since they all love smoking cigarettes, which I, I do love smoking cigarettes. I got I stole someone's that was lit off of the little thing over there, and I uh, hope they don't mind. Hey, welcome to Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Yay! Uh, the reason that we have this themed show tonight of divorce is that it's my ex-husband's birthday today. Yeah, uh, June 10th is his was his birthday, and so I thought, how better to celebrate it than to talk about his tiny penis. Like, that's, that's great. It's actually, this is an excellent year for me, because this is the first year that I've been divorced more years than I was married so I was married for seven years uh, and now I've I've been divorced for eight and so that's exciting for me uh, it, thank you for clapping it officially demarcates a whole new time in my life like that seven years that's nothing uh, but so yeah I was um I was married and I I I met my husband like most waspy ladies do uh, I went to a four-year university to get my MRS. That's, you know, some people get a BA, some people get a BFA, some people get a BS. I got an MRS, it felt good. It's like getting a MFA and BS when you get your MRS because you have to learn to lie and say all kinds of things you don't mean. Like, yeah, your dick is huge, <laughs> That's, it feels so good. That's exactly what was happening. Actually, that isn't the way it started out. I met my husband in college he lived across the street from me, uh, in the apartment dorms. So I, we were down at UCSD, and uh, we were down there in the Revel. Uh, what was it called? I can't remember. The Anyways, we were in these apartments, knees across the street, and we used to smoke pot at 4:20, uh, and we called it dark wing ducking, because in 1990 two. That's what was on at four o'clock was Darkwing Duck. And we weren't allowed to smoke pot back then. So we'd say, oh, we're going to Darkwing Duck. This is the beginning of my relationship when we actually had something in common when we both used to smoke pot. That was great. Uh, Well, we ended up, uh, we had a first date and uh, we finished it. It was a blind date with some of my friends, but they tried to set me up with him. And I remember after the first date, I said, he is totally not my type. And then I married him. Uh, but yeah, he totally was not my type. He did make a lot of money, which was great. Uh, emergency veterinarian. Got those uh, ducats in the buckets, it was nice. We were allowed to have animals because I could afford the food. It's, <laughs> it was in, less expensive than. Uh, anyways, did I mention that my ex-husband has a small penis? Did I Did I already, okay, yeah. Here's the other thing I didn't say. He's an African-American gentleman. So, And I was a virgin when I got married. Uh, I'd never had sex before and I was raised super Christian and I was like, oh, my pussy is all my worth and my intellectual being is nothing. I just have to save the puss and everything will be great. He'll pay for everything for the rest of my life, right? Great. So um, I, I got married and, and we had sex and, I, and everybody would always say, wow, he's black. He must have a huge dick. And I was like, yeah, yeah, huge, Yeah. <laughs> Because it was it was, it was perspective I never watched porn because I was a good Christian girl, and that's just not something I did. I was just ashamed of my body like every other Christian girl, right? Because it's the only thing that you're worth, so you better protect that shit till you pop the babies out. Am I right? Uh, so I didn't pop any babies out, but we did have sex for a while, and people were saying, oh, huge dick, huge. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's enormous. It's amazing. It's huge. Uh, and, and then when we finally got divorced, I moved to San Francisco, and I had sex with my first white guy. And I was like, holy fuck, your dick is huge. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, it's kind of it's average, really. And I was like, what? It's perspective. That's a perspective thing. It's like, wow. <laughs> I, didn't, I never had a dildo either. He wouldn't, and that's what it should have tipped me off, right? He never, in the seven years of our marriage, and we had been dating for five years previous to our seven-year marriage. We were together for 13 years. And he never let me have a dildo. And I was always like, but why? Why? And now I know. Because he had a tiny dick. He was worried about feeling jealous about my... We were young, you know, in your 20s. You're just so vulnerable with your sexuality. It's just, it's so rough. Why was I married? Uh, it was... It was such an awful, it wasn't an awful time. You know, now I look back at it and I think it's awful because if I would have started comedy when I was 21, imagine how funny I would be. Uh, I, I didn't start comedy till I was 36 because I had to leave my husband and then, you know, like go to school and get a graduate degree, an MFA, and then I was like, oh, I have a poetry degree. I'm never going to make money. Comedy is the thing for me. This is it. This is what's going to save me from my ex-husband's money. Okay, so here's the thing. I have a lot of integrity, and I believe that integrity makes genius, and this is how I know I'm a genius, because I didn't take any money from my (laughs) ex-husband. No, I'm not kidding you. We owned a house in San Diego. I didn't take any money from the house. I didn't take half. We were married for seven years, and I was like, you know what? I can do it on my own. I'm a woman. I can take care of myself. I don't need your alimony palimony bullshit. I can fucking do this. Biggest regret of my life. I could have been getting $1,600 a month for seven years. What kind of dumb bitch am I? Let's do comedy and go to grad school and pay for it in cash. Integrity, Woo! Woo! I could have had $1,600 a month for seven years. I am fucking retarded. Uh, Also, the the house, which I told him, I just keep the house. I just had to get out of there. I'm, I'm dumb. Being a communist is a terrible thing. I should have never, (laughs) I'm like, share everything. Like, you know, when I was married, the craziest thing is we would go to Costco and, uh, and we would buy tons and tons of shit we didn't need and freeze it. Uh, and it, it was a weird thing. We had this joke and it was like, this is now this, this is a married bourgeois joke. Oh my God, you guys, every god time, every goddamn time. I go to Costco. I can't get out of there for under 150 bucks. Am I right? <laughs> I just can't stop spending money at Costco. <laughs> I walk out, and I'm like, oh, another pair of Calvin Klein's. Fantastic. For $9? How is this possible? <laughs> Enslaving small children. I love it. Uh, I was never able, well, no. We, you know, we tried. We tried to have babies. It just never worked. Uh, and I'm so glad that I didn't have a baby. <sighs> Because uh, I would be living in an enormous house in San Diego, overlooking the canyon, with a spa, you know, with the orchid tree over the top. That's where I would have been. It would have been. But I would have wanted to kill myself because that's yeah. You know, working at Ethan Allen is no fun. That's, no, it is fun. It's fun for the first three years till you realize like I work in a huge dollhouse, <laughs> so people can feel good about themselves by having better furniture than their neighbors. I'm a corporate cog in a wheel of consumerism. And my husband has a tiny penis. (laughs) Like, what am I, I had to fucking get out of San Diego. Am I right? Well, uh, so guys, I've been here in San Francisco for coming on nine years now. And uh, thank you for being here. Today's actually my anniversary of uh, being the director of the station for three years, so I'm pretty stoked on that. Yeah, let's see if I I was, I was married for seven, so it's the longest thing I've ever done. Uh, So I've got to beat that. You know what I mean? I've got to do something else for seven years. A job and anything. Uh, But I lived in San Francisco for nine, so that's better than a fucking job. Yay. Yay. That was me doing comedy for the divorce show, talking about my husband's tiny penis. I'm so glad I got to say that. I was hanging out with a nine-year-old today, and I was telling her about the show. And she's like, why is it all divorce people? I'm like, you know I'm divorced. She's like, oh, I know. And she's like, and I said, why? She said, why did you do this? This was my ex-husband's birthday. And she goes, is he going to be listening live? And I said, Daria, he doesn't give a fuck about me. <laughs> no, I didn't say fuck. I said shit. Because nine-year-olds, you can say shit to a nine-year-old. And they're like, that's not a swear. Uh, but she, I was like, I could, I could be a bitch, and I could send it to his Facebook once it's a podcast. And she's like, are you going to do that? I'm like, he really doesn't care. He's not going <laughs> to. If no one's going to listen to it. It's okay. Uh, but 32,000 other people are downloading and listening to this podcast. Let's sing the song. If you know how it goes, sing along with me. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi. If you eat the brownie cookie thing, you won't cough. M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! You're already here, and your first comedian is an amazing guy. I'm so excited that he's here. He's been divorced. He runs amazing shows at Spice Monkey in Oakland, as well as other places. Clap wildly for Ira Summer! Uh
8: Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. I guess, I don't know if I have to announce my qualifications. I was married for 22 and a half years and, uh, and oh, sorry. Yeah. That's what that deserves. And, uh, and just hit seven and a half years divorced. So, um, yeah. And unlike Pam who measures in full years, I still love my divorce very much. So I measure in half years, every (laughs) half year we celebrate. It's a wonderful thing. It's great. Um, you know, and the thing is, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people think, you know, I, when I mentioned I'm divorced, that I must've been a bad husband and I wasn't, I was a good husband. If I was a bad husband, I'd be telling you I was a widower <laughs> and the thing is divorce, divorce isn't necessarily that you have somebody to blame after 20 plus years, you change you change after a while. I mean, when I, my, my, my wife married me because she thought I was really funny and I laughed at everything. And then she divorced me because I laughed at everything. So yeah. And then stuff, you know, stuff, we did little things that got on each other's nerves. Like, uh, like I snored and she couldn't sleep at night and that really, really bothered her. I mean, I guess she figured that with a nose like this, I'd be able to breathe enough, but no, that wasn't quite right. <laughs> And uh, and it got on my nerves the way she would like uh, stuff a pillow over my face at night to muffle out the (laughs) snoring. So you know everybody has little things that bother you either way. You know the thing is after after twenty plus years when you've been married that long, you're not you know you get out in the real the real world, and you know you want to go date, but you're not ready to date. You got to figure out who you are all over again. Uh, my friends, my friends wanted to sort of, you know, shove me out there, you know, like running on traffic on the freeway. So, you know, they they started setting me up on blind dates, uh, which is when I found out that my friends clearly don't like me very much. <laughs> you know, they're sending me a, a very, very consistent message. You seem really, really depressed. Let me show you somebody who deserves to be depressed. <laughs> yeah. God yeah, went through about a, a year of that before I decided, I can do this on my own, I can find depressing women, how hard can it be? And I used to have game, I used to have game, I mean it was, it was a different game, it was a 70s game, it was a completely different game. It, it's like basically saying, I'd like to apply for a job at Google, I used to program on a Commodore 64, uh, I'm surprised some of you millennials actually know what that is, okay. Uh, no, just, just finding, everything, dating has changed so much since I used to date. It's just, I mean, now it's, the whole thing is online. How many of you have do, have tried online dating? Come on, admit it. All right. Yeah. All right. No, it's different. And the thing is, I, I, I work, I work with a startup, I work with, I work with a bunch of millennials who are telling me, dude, dude, you gotta get on Tinder. <laughs> ah, and I'm going, no, no, Tinder is not for me. Look, I'm a realist. All right. This is not an impulse buy. That's, that's not, that's not the way it works. It's uh, there's no, n- there's no woman on Tinder going, ooh, ooh, swipe right, I wanna fuck Voldemort. No, that's not, that's not what this is. No, I mean, okay, fine. There's somebody forever. somewhere, somewhere there's a woman out there going, I'd love to meet a Jew that looks just like a Nazi. And that's my target demographic but where are you gonna find? I, I don't know where I'm gonna find somebody like this. I mean, realistically, realistically, I need to trick somebody into dating me. That's that's something that might work for me. Um, I've heard that you know, basically if you can get through four dates without a restraining order, it's a relationship. <laughs> so that's what I go for. And if she doesn't know I'm there for the first four dates, that really increases my chances. I didn't know they had to be my dates. So I just, I figure anybody's dates that I show up at are close enough, right? Yeah, he's agreeing. That's his style too, with the tattoos on the head. Okay, I can understand that. <laughs> no, just trying. Uh, the uh, got the other stuff that that popped up. I guess people are people are hurting each other now. The whole BDSM thing is uh, it didn't happen in the '70s. Nobody talked about it in the '70s. So uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't get that. That's clearly not something middle-aged people do. I don't need to have somebody to hurt. To have somebody try and hurt me, I'm already hurting before the whole thing works. <laughs> this is, this is more of please don't make this. Oh my God, you're on my arm. Oh no, not that. No, no, the knee, not the knee. No, turn. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and somehow you people are actually working towards that. Yeah. Okay. No, it's uh, no. Try I. You know, at this point, I I basically I'm trying. I try to talk to women. I try to work on my game wherever I am. Any place I go, Um, you know, whether it's at a you know meeting at a gas station. You know, uh, uh, how you doing? Can I buy you a couple gallons of gas? Uh, How many bodies fit in that trunk? Maybe two, three. It's the kind of stuff we learn in New Jersey. No, or or grocery store actually. Uh, you know. My, uh, you know, recently I had a family get together, and um, you know, my I'm, I grew up Jewish, so basically my family love is measured in in guilt and saturated fats. So we need to have <laughs> as much food as possible showing up over there, and my family's picking up all the food, but they sent me off to pick up the food for the family members who don't actually eat real food anymore because I was a bad father and I let my son turn vegan. Um, <laughs> And it's not, he didn't do this for diet reasons. Um, He did it, he did it because he's against animal cruelty. And I don't know where he got that from because that's not the way I raised my child. But I still, I think, you know, now I have to go pick up the stuff. So my mother sends me this list of stuff to pick up the grocery store for these people. And she starts off with this whole thing to pick up cashew milk. Because I guess there's milk for people who don't drink milk. And There's a whole section of food at the grocery store, milk for people who don't drink milk. I guess because it's not fair. Everything has to be fair these days. Oh no, you can't have your cereal dry. Life's the end of the life. I guess that's why they pulled, they pulled the seesaws out of the parks because, oh, it's not fair. Somebody has to be down, the other person's gonna be up. Life is not fair. <laughs> God, they, they banned playing ball at this elementary school in upstate New York because kids were getting hurt. Life's not fair, kids are getting hurt. Why do we care The kids are, six-year-olds, six-year-olds can get hurt, six-year-olds heal. You're pretty close to that right now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> No, no, you can chop a six-year-old's hand off at the beginning of recess. It will grow back before he is supposed to be in his seat. And getting hurt by the jocks at recess is how you find out you're supposed to become an artist or an engineer. No, that's what makes America great. How many times do you think Mark Zuckerberg got hit in the face with the football before he decided, ooh, I better learn how to program. I think I need to create Facebook. That's exactly how Mark Zuckerberg sounds. Now, how many times do you think Prince got beaten by a dodgeball before he wrote "When Doves Cry"? <laughs> no, no. This is this is what makes America great. If we stop that, we're just turning into Canada. No, it's <laughs> awful. No, so yeah, I gotta pick up. I gotta pick up this. And when did they start milking cashews? When did they start milking cashews? I hope they're free-range cashews. Happy cashews make the best milk. Now it's got. No, oh, Topherkey was on the list. Uh, I don't, you're going, ah, oh, you know what tofurkey is. Tofurkey is tofu that identifies as turkey. <laughs> somehow there were soybeans somewhere that decided, no, no, I want to get killed on Thanksgiving. That's who I am. And it's basically, it's the Caitlyn Jenner of tofu. It's, which means you can't bring it into a bathroom in North Carolina. <laughs> And I think that's a little bit of a problem because after I tried some of that, going to the bathroom is exactly where I went. Uh, that stuff is the most of the Tofurky cleanse. You've got to try it yourself. If you haven't tried it before, stuff was coming out of me that you know, like for months and months before that I hadn't even seen. Wonderful stuff. Oh, God. No, they sent, me, they sent me to get hummus. Hummus. I love hummus. Hummus is wonderful. You know, but I'm looking around the grocery store and I don't see any hummus. So I look for the guy. I look for somebody who's working. I go, excuse me, where can I find the hummus? And he starts to glare at me. And he goes, uh, Hamas, we haven't gotten you that Hamas here. Do you really like Hamas? Now, all the questions a Jew is not prepared to answer yes to. You know, right after, um, do you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? And uh, and wouldn't you rather pay more for that? <laughs> is, uh, do you really like Hamas? But I've got to bring food to my family, so uh, I figure, sure, I love Hamas, um, but they didn't have any, uh, so I grabbed the next best thing, which was uh, chocolate donuts, and uh, and I got in the checkout line, and uh, and this is and the checkout lines are really why I have learned to love Safeway because Safeway ignores people in the checkout lines. I mean, I think that is the most amazing thing. It's great. I can actually just, you know, I can start talking to the woman behind me and she's left with a dilemma. Either she abandons her food or she's got to flirt with me for a while. <laughs> so this is, this is my spot. I'm excited. Time It is good. Uh, so, you know, I'm having a nice conversation, starting out with, uh, how you doing? Can I buy you some tofurkey?" <laughs> it's, uh, I'm working on it. It's getting better. Uh, you know, we're having a nice conversation. The line's moving closer, and uh, so she uh, she goes. Uh, Excuse me. Has uh, Has anybody ever told you that you look like Ben Diesel? <laughs> Except older <laughs> and a little less Diesel. <laughs> and you know, I'm not the kind of person who's going to make a real big display in a grocery store. But in my head, I'm thinking. Oh, she's into me. Oh, yeah, she's into me. Just say something macho and close. So I look her in the eye. And I go, I hang out at Home Depot. I admit, I'm a little out of practice. But I thought that was better than the Tofurky line, uh, partly because um, it makes it sound like I'm handy. And I know women like guys who are handy. Pretend, just for the purpose of the (laughs) joke. No, I mean, the reality is I'm not handy, okay? I'm Jewish. (laughs) And some of you understand, but for the three of you that didn't, uh, the Jews are not really a handy people. Uh, No, we are are so not handy that the last time a Jew showed even a few carpentry skills, uh, they treated it like the coming of the Messiah. And then they crucified him, so I can't take chances. I just can't take chances. So, um anyway, I uh I'm running out of time. Why don't we just stop with uh yeah, I don't wanna go through the the way how badly I destroyed the rest of the dates. Anyway, I'm still divorced, life is good, you guys have been a phenomenal crowd. Keep going! One more time for Pam Benjamin!
3: IRA Summer Divorced, still dating, still single, ladies, you should tell them your emails so that the 32,000 listeners, <laughs> and we're on iTunes now, so who knows how this shit's going to explode. You want to, you have like a, everybody hashtag Ira Rocks or something, like it's, or like old Jews for life. Uh, the, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm also old. I think we're probably, well, no, we're, you're the generation right before me. Yes, you got to party in the 70s. I just got to hang out with the babysitters while my parents were partying. (laughs) They're not divorced. My parents are actually, they've been married since 1970. Someone do math on that. That's 46 years, is that right? Right. Holy fuck, I wish I talked to them, because I, I should congratulate them or something, but we don't talk to each other, because they think that my lifestyle is sinful. Uh, when I left, my husband my mother said, uh, hey, uh, you're gonna be the whore of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I was like, I don't think that God can rain fire down on San Francisco. Um, someone come up with a punchline for that, that'll be great. Everybody clap wildly for Ira Summer, yay! I'm, I'm a whore. Uh, but you missed me during my whoreish times. I've been, I've been monogamous for the past three years. Also, which is an exciting thing. I love my boyfriend, he's amazing, but we'll never get married because marriage is stupid. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a contract about money, and he's poor and I'm poor, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> he, he knows where the cash is that I hide in my house because I don't want the government to know about my money. I hope the IRS isn't listening to this podcast because this could be incriminating. This is art, you can't, you, it's not real, or it is. I don't know. <laughs> He's the only one who knows where the money is hidden. Your next comedian. We're having a bald rock block right now of divorced men. Are we excited for this? Yes! Oh! We're going from one bald guy to a guy that's tattooed his entire head. Whether he did that before, during, or after his marriage, we'll find out! You guys are going to love the jokes of your next comedian. It's Jeremy Atkins! Jeremy Atkins!
9: All right. Give it up for Pam again. Lots of anniversary stuff for her today. That is very awesome. So, yes, I know what you're thinking. Wow. That guy looks a lot like Ira if he wasn't doing as well financially, wasn't as handsome, and hadn't made so many questionable life decisions. <laughs> I know this, yeah. I, uh, I developed this game. This will be one of my, my uh, questionable life moments. I developed this game where I like to say the worst thing at the best time. I like to be, I like to have the ability to say, just right at the best time, the worst thing you can say. Um, couple of examples, I, uh, years ago I had abdominal surgery and the doctor said, well, when you come in, we'll shave you. And I thought, you know, I'd like to shave myself. I don't really need somebody else shaving my groin. So I shaved and showed up and apparently I did not do enough and so they had a 55-year-old orderly shave my groin. And as he's got the clippers and he's going at it, I thought, I should say, hey, when you were my age, is this where you thought you'd be at your age? <laughs> but clippers and balls, and I, I let it go. I let that one go. <laughs> I, uh, I teach jiu-jitsu for a living, and I have a kid's class. And this really annoying kid came up to me and said, Mr. Jeremy? Does it hurt when you die? And I looked down at him and I said, Sam, it all depends on how you die. He looked back at me and he said, there's more than one way to die? And I said, yes, go ask your mom about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good at this. I'm good at this game. I think that's why I get texts from my friends that say, my dog's dying. Will you come help me put her down? Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, I don't get texts. Hey, we got a couple of pizzas, we're watching the game, could you bring some beer? No, that's not my life. My life is not texting, do you have a cake pan? Do you want to help me bake a Bundt cake? No, my texts are like, do you have a shovel? (laughs) Do you want to help me bury a body? Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's about where I'm at. I, uh, yeah, so it's it's. I'm getting to what I'm getting to is that I'm 40. All right, I'm in my 40s, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm divorced, and I live with my ex. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. I got yeah. I got I got it. Uh, oh yeah, it's good. It's good. I. Uh, that's how you know you live in the Bay Area. When you want to, you got a house you want to hold on to, you're willing to, you're willing to live with someone who pretty much hates you and has no problem telling you that, you know, breakfast. Hey, you're a fucking asshole. Can you pass the salt? Oh, and you're not funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Regularly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know And it's great, because it goes, it goes from like, "Oh, we're talking, we're talking about something completely just bullshit and it's going well." And she says something like, "Oh, I'm going to go on a date or something." I go, "Oh, okay, that's nice." Um, like, what time are you going to go on the date? Why? What business of it is yours? We, just a second ago, we were talking. <laughs> thought we were having a conversation. I guess I was wrong. Okay, yeah lots of that. It's good. It's good. I like that. It's it keeps you sharp It's a good. It's a good punch to the teeth in the first thing in the morning Don't really need a lot of coffee after that you kind of walk through the rest of the day just going fuck. Oh, there's always tomorrow morning And you keep going because at least it's not morning still I uh, (laughs) Divorce is closure. Divorce is final Right? She goes that way, tells all her friends what an asshole I am I go that way, I tell her all my friends how crazy I made her It's over, it's done When you fuck with that, you get your marriage on a dance remix loop Where the greatest misses keep coming up Hit after hit <laughs> Except no one wants to put any work in on the marriage Because you're not having sex anymore So it's just like my marriage was <laughs> Except now I get to date other people so it's just like my marriage was. <laughs> Except now, I have a hall pass. Now, the really fucked up thing out of my marriage was this. That my, the security of my marriage, it gave me the courage to talk to other women and cheat on my wife. It did. And I'm an asshole and I'll always be an asshole, but it also helped me integrate myself back into the dating pool. Because I've been out for like fifteen years, you know, I was a little short on my game in a lot of ways. Texting was not as ubiquitous when I was uh, when I was dating. It was more online or neat, you know, as far as technology. But I believe uh, I believe uh, you uh, find somebody young, you kids, you text, you what it's called sexting. <laughs> and uh, so I was giving that a try with this woman I'm dating, and uh, I, uh, you know, going back and forth. Learning my learning my moves, getting my chops. I uh, I I texted. I was on my way over to her house one day. I texted her. I said, "I'm on my way over to your house to fuck you really hard, <laughs> in a lot of ways." I thought I thought that was you know a little clunky, but it got the message. I was I was you know on my way. And the reply I got made me realize that maybe I'm not so good at this game of sexting. Maybe this is not the arena of uh, expression I should choose. Because the reply was, that is a really disturbing way to tell your mother you're coming for a visit. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I explained myself, I apologized, I, you know, I groveled. I was like, hmm. And uh, she said it was fine. She just would rather I didn't visit for a while. Which I understood, I did, I understood I, uh, the, the text that got me in a lot of trouble However, was a little confusing to me Because I texted I, I can't wait to dig into your cupcakes I love you oh. Not bad, you know, sweet The reply I got back was Whose fucking cupcakes are you digging into? And how can you tell the, her you love her When you can't even say I like you? I sent it to the other girl And it didn't help they said, "Oh no, no, that was meant for my mom." <laughs> uh, yeah, oh yeah. No, no, it's 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 uh, it's not easy to uh, continue to date a, a boy you think has a serious edifice complex and is sending sex to his mother. Thankfully, I was able to explain myself out of that one too somehow. And uh, like I said, this woman that I'm dating, she's very cool. I I dig on her and. Uh, you know getting you know getting to know each other playing around seeing what's going on and one day she says you know i want you to start whispering in my ear i want you to whisper in my ear while we're having sex while you're fucking me i want you to say things to me i went wow okay i can can do this this is good i can go that route and so i uh i leaned over during sex and i said i'm really grateful that i can fuck you now because later i won't be able to and she whipped around and she, what does that mean? And I said, well, at some point, you're either gonna be fucking someone else or my dick isn't gonna work because I'm too old and I won't be able to fuck you anyway. What's wrong with you? <laughs> now I know why you got divorced. Do you say things like this to everyone? No, no, just apparently people I like fucking and apparently don't wanna fuck anymore. <laughs> so, like I said, I just, you know, this woman's stuck in through a lot. She's she's she's, you know, put in a lot of work here and uh so she hasn't quit yet. And one day she goes, "You know, we we're going through a lot of things and I trust you. I think that you are the man. I want to always wanted to try something." And uh I said, "I think I know where you're going with this. I think I know what you're saying. And before we go any further, you just kind of want to maybe think of it like this." Anal is like John Coltrane. You either dig those crazy riffs or you do not. And no matter how much sweet talk or lube I use, it's not gonna get any smoother. However, it is your thing, then we have to decide if you're gonna go with the two and a half minute version of Wait and Pray, or we're gonna go for the extended all out jam version at 18 and a half minutes of My Favorite Things. (laughs) But that's up to you. And so she said back to me, well, I have a question for you. Do you like your ass played with? And I said, hmm, below the belt, below the belt's a little like uh, the perfect definition of introvert and extrovert. My cock is an extrovert, likes to meet people, likes to get in the action. My asshole is an introvert, likes to stay inside, and doesn't want any contact with anyone at all. My name is Jeremy Adkins. That was my time. Pam Benjamin.
3: Thank you. Of course he teaches jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I, I, here's the thing I learned about jujitsu. Everybody, Jeremy Adkins. Yay. Yay. I learned about jiu-jitsu the other night because I love Anthony Bourdain. Uh, and he goes to Gracie jiu-jitsu and he showed up in San Francisco and I saw a layover about it. I love Anthony Bourdain and I don't feel sad about it. <laughs> no, that guy's hot and he's like in his fifties. He's not divorced, which is sad, because if he was divorced, man. <sighs> uh all right. Uh our rock block of bald guys is over. Yeah, we're going into the pussy now. <laughs> Girls get divorced too. Yeah. That happens. Uh sometimes it's of their volition. I mean, can you guys a hundred years ago, this wouldn't have happened. There wouldn't have been divorce. 40 years ago, ladies couldn't stand on the stage and talk about their buttholes. You know, am I right? <laughs> Feminism is the best. And I'm really excited uh, about our next comedian. I didn't know she was divorced. She looks so young, and she's like a mermaid. I feel like she might have divorced King Triton because she is a lovely, beautiful mermaid, and she's going to swim her way on up to the stage. V- very funny, everybody. Annette Mullaney! Yeah.
10: I get divorced pretty young. Um, However, feminism is what I put in the memo of the alimony checks I had to write. Um, So I have mixed feelings, mostly positive, but you know, there was that little bit. Um, But like I said, I was pretty precocious in getting married. Um, I got married pretty young, uh, 24 legally, 23 Islamically. Um, So by the time I got divorced, like now all my friends are starting to get married and it's nice because I get to be the little black cloud at their weddings. (laughs) Uh, that reminds them that, like, statistically, their vows are probably a lie. Um... You know, like, oh, that's so great, you think your love is special. So did I. You think you're gonna beat the odds? So did I. You think this is gonna be the last man you ever sleep with? But anyway... it's fine. Uh, it doesn't help, though, that I have to get drunk to get to the ceremonies, and uh, that I cackle whenever the priest says forever. <laughs> but you know, when you get divorced, people give you like a good one to two years of just a free pass, where you can act like a fucking asshole and they forgive you. Um, so at these ceremonies, like, I'll be overheard loudly telling a young couple to prenup it up <laughs> in front of the bride's family, and people will just go, oh, It's so nice to see her out and about. Or, you know, I'll hook up with, like, the groom's 20-year-old cousin, which in my defense, like, an English accent is easy to mistake for maturity. Um, But yeah, so I'll I'll hook up with a cousin, get drunk, and jump in a pool, and people will be like, oh, she's clearly hurting. Or, you know, I'll take a shit in a centerpiece, and people will be like, so brave. So, so brave. But yeah, a lot of people, you know, they want to learn, right? So people think that I've gained a lot of wisdom um, by going through this, and they want to learn from your failures. Um, So I get asked, like, when did you know that he wasn't the one? And I don't know if everyone can pinpoint this. Uh, Maybe the other comics can tell you for them, but I know exactly when it happened. Um, It was our anniversary and we went up to Napa Valley and we had, oh, it was just like one of those beautiful fall days where you didn't even need a jacket and we were drinking all day, and we were good, and uh, I'd say buzz, but it was like classy, so I'm gonna say wine glow. We had a good wine glow going. Um, And we're at dinner, candlelight, we're leaned over the table, gazing into each other's eyes, and he says, I can't live without you. And in that moment, I realized I wanted to be a young widow. Um, But I did learn things. I learned things, like, uh, You know, our relationship didn't last. You take those lessons with you. Um, And now my ex-husband is from Syria. And uh, a lot of people think that maybe we broke up for cultural reasons. Like, oh, was it because he's a Muslim and he's very controlling? Um, And that actually isn't the reason, but it's nice to know that you're going to vote for Trump. Um, (laughs) But actually what it was is that we just, we fought a lot. Um, We just had these recurring arguments that we couldn't stop bringing up and fighting over. um, You know, they would be things like whether we were too old to take a kickboxing class at the Y. Um, That one actually, the neighbors called the police on us. Um, Or like whether the temperature of boiling water continues to increase or whether all of the heat energy is going into changing it from uh, liquid to gas. Huge argument. Um, (laughs) Or uh, you know, Another argument was, like, who loved whom more, which I guess he won when I filed. Um, but, uh, so one thing I have learned is that you cannot let these arguments continue. You need to settle them once and for all. So I think what you need to do is take a, take a note from traditional culture and do a trial by ordeal. Um, now, I haven't tested this, but I'm gonna throw it out there and I would love to hear your results. Um, So what you do is, anytime something goes bad in the fridge, you throw it together in one glass, and then whenever you have a dispute, you both drink it. And whoever doesn't throw up first is correct. Uh, Now this... (laughs) Now this definitely like, and that's it, it's settled, it's over. There's no uh, bringing it up later, right? It's already all come out. Um... But yeah, you know, I, I shit on marriage a lot, but there are some really good things about marriage. Um, it's only ever since I became single again that I worry about parties turning into orgies, for example. Um, like, I don't know if it's, maybe it's because I'm from the Midwest, right? And parties in San Francisco are definitely of a different caliber. Um, in the Midwest, you can tell how the course of the party is going to go by what people bring to the potluck. You know, if someone brings like a seven bean, three cheese, mayonnaise, salad, it's definitely not gonna be an orgy. It's just like, it's way too heavy. It's not what you want in your stomach during a rigorous fuck fest. Um, but like, in, uh, and so you might ask, but like, how can this be a real fear? Like, even if you can't look to the buffet table to determine how the party's gonna go, like, couldn't you just leave when the orgy begins? Uh, you may think that, but once, in fact, I was at a party where people... Uh, where people began to fuck in the main room. And unfortunately, my purse was on the other side of the writhing pile. So I had to duck into a bedroom and hide, um, for hours. I didn't even have my phone. I was so goddamn bored. Um, and now, look, I don't want to sound anti-orgy. I think... I think it's beautiful if people can express their sexuality not near me. But, um, and like on a theoretical level, I should be down with orgies because um, talking to humans is like one of my least favorite things to do. And an orgy is definitely a way to like do something at a party that's not talking. Um, It also clears up that problem of like, oh, what do I do with my hands? I'm so awkward, just like fill them with dicks. But, (laughs) Like, (laughs) on one hand, you know, there's gonna be women there, and I just, I respect women way too much to subject them to my shame cave. (laughs) And then, you know, okay, maybe like an orgy could be just dudes and me. Um, Could be in the the eye of that dick hurricane. (laughs) But, so, so I work in tech. (laughs) I just, I think it'd be too similar to my day job. And now I know what you're thinking, Like I must think I'm some pretty hot shit to always fear that people are trying to orgy me. Um, And it's actually kind of the opposite. I'm I'm really worried about getting left out. Uh, In fact, I've never done a threesome because if you've studied any game theory, you know that a three-bodied system is inherently unstable, right? Like, alliances are going to form, people are going to get left out, and like, I just don't want to have to worry about the other two people talking behind my back when I'm getting railed from behind. (laughs) Like, usually my only fear is what my asshole looks like. I just don't want to have to add more to that. Um, And so like, multiply that by like, I don't know, 10? Like, what does it feel like to get left out in an orgy? And the thing is, I would get left out. Because like, my sexual skills are limited to mostly showing up. That's what I do. I show up. And now this worked in marriage, right? Because in marriage, that sexual skill, you're basically Comcast. You're... (laughs) You look around, look, what else are you gonna do? I think that's Comcast slogans. Like, eh, there's no one else here. Um, This worked particularly well in my marriage because my ex-husband was a virgin when I met him. Whereas I was an American. (laughs) So everything that he learned about actual sex, he learned through me, which meant I controlled that information like I was fucking North Korea. <laughs> right? Like women, oh no, no, that's those are myths from porn. Women don't work during sex. Blowjobs don't really happen. <laughs> it's all a myth. No, no. Right. Yeah. Fucking feminism. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so that, that's, that doesn't really work on the open dating market as much. I have to resort to subterfuge. Um, you know, so I tell them I fuck like an animal and then it's only later they discover that I meant a starfish. Um, I just, I know that in like the competitive market and radical transparency of an orgy, I am fucked. Or rather not, not fucked. Um and, <laughs> uh well that was pretty much everything I wanted to say. So uh I'll leave you guys uh yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm gonna leave you guys uh like how I left my husband. Uh fuck you, good night.
3: fuck, she made me cry. I laughed so hard. I had to wipe the tears out because the truth was so fun to see. I loved it because I'm like, she she knows. Uh, You mentioned the moment where you knew that you didn't want to be with her husband anymore. I had a very specific moment. Uh, It was my birthday and uh, he was very excited. He gave me a gift and I unwrapped it and it was a Louis Vuitton backpack. It was a brown and ugly $714 piece of shit. And I looked at him and I was like, What's, uh, what's up with this? And he's like, well, the bag that you use is like, you look like an old bag lady. I was like, I need to, I need to put a status symbol on the." My... Did you know I'm a communist? Like, do we know each other? Have we been married for... So, so I took the Louis Vuitton backpack back and uh, I got what I wanted, which was two cases of wine and an ounce of weed. Yay! <laughs> And then I left that motherfucker because he used to be fun when we used to smoke weed together. And he's like, "I have a DEA license now. I'm a veterinarian. You keep talking about weed all the time." It's like, so "Fuck you, dude. I'm of here, go San Francisco." And now weed is gonna save the United States. So fuck everyone from 2005. Yeah. All right, your next comedian. I am so excited to see him. It's been a long time since we've seen him around these parts. He's an amazing comedian. He's been doing this for years, and he's back in the game. Uh, He's also divorced, and we're excited to hear what he has to say. Put your hands together. It's Richard Dryleg.
11: All right. Is this on? You can hear me? I just hit myself in the face. This is going to go awesome. (laughs) This is going to go phenomenally. This is like a, I feel like I'm at a sad bachelor auction. <laughs> and you're the only bachelorette. Oh, sad. It's just like, hey, so I'm single. <laughs> That's the premise of the show. How's it going? Uh, so I'm divorced. Do you guys want to hear more divorce material? Might as well. Let's just continue the parade of sad. You know what you should do, uh, Pam? You should throw this show once a month, and you should like make it required reading for anyone who's about to get married in the next six months. <laughs> It'll be phenomenal. Be like, like, I'm telling you, I I mean, I had a pretty amicable divorce, you know, but uh, I'm a lot happier now, a lot happier now. So don't get married. You, because you look like you're about to get married. You got that look on your face. You're like, dude, within 10 years, I need to pop out a kid. I don't know you. I'm just just kidding. Uh, Now, which state are you from? Michigan. Michigan. Do you do that oh, whole yeah, thing? Right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that cracks me up, man. I'm from Minnesota, and uh, thank you. Thank you. It, I mean, it's weird to me. Like if out here, I, people just like will forget which state you're from. They'll just be like, I'm a Michigan. Like they have no fucking idea, you know? uh, oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, but now you reminded me a little bit. Like I, I can't stand California parties, you know, because they're all themed. Like where I come from, if you got a field, a pickup truck, and a keg, you got a party. You know, the only theme is unintended pregnancy, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I married, a, uh, I married a foreigner, actually. She's from California. <laughs> and um, it's a sweet girl. I mean, look, everyone asks me, like, dude, aren't you supposed to be a little bit more bitter? And I'm like, look, I was there to nurse her to health after her heart surgery. And she saved me in my post Iraq war experience by losing the shotgun keys a few times. You know what i mean we 're even now that we 're even. I pay her you know two years to fuck another guy, and everything 's good everything 's good. I suppose I should go into some jokes, not just sad comments. Uh, <laughs> Pam no, I, I feel like I needed to get that off my chest right because it kind of frames the argument so Here's the deal. Here's the deal. See, here's the thing. I'm from a Midwest family. If you're, like, when I was 18, my mom wanted me to have kids so bad, like, I was checking the condoms to make sure that she wasn't poking holes in them. You know what I mean? It was like that. I'm the grand old man of my family because I'm the only one who doesn't have any kids that I know of. You know? Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy, too, because I still have a life. It's great. And uh, so here's the thing, right? Like, I was really nervous to tell my parents about the divorce. So I called my mom up and I was like, hey, mom, I got some bad news for you. Megan and I are getting a divorce. And she's like, well, Rich, it's kind of like a bird. You know, you just let it fly away. And if it comes back, then it's true love. So I said, mom, if that bird comes back to you all dirty, do you still want to stick your dick in it? She didn't think it was funny. She did not. She's like, Richard, the fuck is wrong with you? He's <laughs> like, Mom, you're the one who taught me. Uh, my dad, on the other hand, was uh, he was a dad about shit. You know, so I called him up. I'm like, Dad, got some bad news for you. you got to put on the tough guy voice when you're talking. To you. Dad, got some bad news for you. Uh, I'm gay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, his Dad, uh, he would be like, okay, that makes two kids. <laughs> But so I was like, dad, listen, I got some bad news for you. Megan and I are getting a divorce. And he goes, ha, saw that coming. <laughs> like, Thanks, dad. I don't think you understand. I'm going to be 30 and divorced. And he's like, beats 40 and divorced. And he was totally right. Like, think about it. As a 30-year-old divorcing you got like the widest wingspan possible like they can either be card carrying AARP members or have a college ID and it's still okay (laughs) you're good you're good just treat them like human beings you're gonna have a good time it's amazing it's fucking great I love being divorced but then like people talk all this shit about marriage I mean like everyone's like oh it's marital bliss marital bliss Here's the thing, man, I don't think it's marital bliss because the only way that that's true is if ignorance is bliss and what happens is you forget every vagina that came before that one, right? Like I I spent 10 years in the Marine Corps and after one year of marriage, I knew my wife's vagina better than an M16A2 service rifle, (laughs) all right? I could put a blindfold on, take that thing apart, put it back together, clean it, knew exactly where to stick the bolt. (laughs) Fucked up. So I'm an asshole. I uh, joined the Marines when I was 18. I don't really want to talk about that today. Um, let's see. Now, here's the other thing about divorce is there's, it's awesome. Like, here's the thing like, marriage is a lot like hypothermia. Okay? Because you start and you, you're like a little uncomfortable at first, and then you start to get comfortable with it. You know, you get all warm and fuzzy inside, and then you die. <laughs> That's marriage. Uh, I feel like I've been let out of like one of those Russian torture boxes where you can't quite sit down and you can't quite stand up, you know. And then you just get out, and there's a bunch of 22-year-olds hanging out, and they're like, "Hey, what's up? You look sad. Want a pity fuck?" <laughs> That's how it goes, man. What's that? The torture box or the 22-year-olds? Oh, pity fucks? Yeah, it happens all the time. But you got to be a dude, I think, to get it. Is that, that's kind of how that one works, right? Pity fucks are for guys? Is that how? I don't know. I can't imagine a dude being like, oh, you look sad, lady. You look like you need a little bit of peen in you. That just doesn't strike me as something that would ever happen, especially not without like a sexual harassment charge afterward. Well, Bob, I told you you shouldn't say that to the secretary at work. Oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it's it's funny, though. Like, there's a dark side to marriage that no one wants to admit about, like, having kids and shit. Right? So I was staying with my buddy out in Stockton, which is a great place. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been to hell before, <laughs> it'll be great in comparison. But here's the thing. Like, so he was like, hey, dude, you, you know, you're not doing anything. You're going to sit here and play Call of Duty. Why don't you come out to Dante's soccer game? Uh, all right. Cool. So I go out to his twelve-year-old kid's soccer game, and we're just sitting there chewing sunflower seeds and watching the kids. And you know that's a that's a perfectly normal thing for a single thirty-year-old to do. <laughs> and uh, and all of a sudden, like well, his wife was there, so it wasn't that creepy. They're like, oh, that's the that's the creepy uncle. All right, you know it worked, but. All of a sudden, all these kids start, like, rushing at each other in a giant, like, scrum. Like, they were like, fuck positions, and they just ran all after the ball. And they got their head down, and they're just trucking. And I'm like, oh, my God, one of these kids is about to get killed. Someone's going to get hurt. And then one of the moms from the sideline yells, watch the teeth. She's like, oh, you can kill my kid. You can give him a concussion. I don't care. Give him TBI, whatever. But don't fuck up the orthodontia that I paid a few thousand dollars for come on, lady, your kid lives in Stockton. He's gonna end up with fucked up teeth anyway. <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous. Oh man, I, uh, one thing I remember about boot camp is our drill instructors, they'd always yell at us and they'd be like, we're gonna do in three months what your parents couldn't do in 18 years. What's that, Make me a confident, well-rounded individual? <laughs> now, it turns out they meant womanizing drunk. <laughs> Which was great, because my parents beat him to that by 10 years. (laughs) That's right, baby, I'll take a PBR with that (laughs) blowjob. Oh, man. And I had, like, the worst luck, too, which probably just, like, explains why I got married when I did. Because, like, you take the ugliest dude in the world, you slap him in a pair of Marine Corps Dress Blues, drop him almost anywhere in the country, and that guy's going to be, like, pulling a Neo, dodging all the women, throwing themselves at him. Right? It's just how it goes. The uniform works for some reason. Even though it says, like, hey, I'll probably hit you at some point. But (laughs) you have no idea how many times I was, like, Sergeant of the Guard 2nd Radio Battalion. Hi, I'm PFC Smith's wife, and he beat the shit out of me. We got the cops here. Like, hold on, let me get to lieutenant. Just, yeah, it's fucking unreal. It's ridiculous. But fucking, so here's the thing. I got stationed in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, home of 75,000 Marines, and two women. <laughs> All right? Like, if you asked me what I wanted in a woman before I got to Camp Lejeune, I'd be like, well, she should be pretty, you know, she should be smart. I'd like to be able to sit down, have a conversation, you know, about philosophy with her. You asked like six months into me being at Camp Lejeune, I'm like, well, a vagina would be nice. Hey, if there's enough whiskey involved, that's negotiable. <laughs> Just, fuck. How much time am I at? One minute. All right. Perfect. I got a cat since I got divorced. Yeah. Well, see, he's not really my cat. He's the uh, property manager's cat, but then the property manager had a kid, and then the cat was like, fuck this, I'm out. Right? So now he shows up at my house like a homeless drug dealer, just like, give me my motherfucking cat food, motherfucker." But the thing is, is he's a sweet cat, but you wouldn't expect it looking at him, right? Like he's got that kitty cauliflower ear and shit. He's all like, you know, he runs around like fighting other cats all night. You can hear it. But then what ends up happening is I have buddies crashing my futon, and it every single time, like I'll I'll stumble out of my room in the morning all hungover, and then <laughs> I look at the couch, and whoever it is, it's just like like Tim Young is awake and staring at this cat who's sitting on his chest staring right in his face. And he's like, dude, what do I do? What do I do? I'm not a cat person. I don't know what to do. I'm like, fucking, I don't know. Here's an idea. Pet him. You know? And then he starts petting him, and then the cat, like, purrs, and he's like, oh, wow. This is why people like cats. This is amazing. Just dealing out all the affection that your parents never gave you as a child. Homeless drug dealer cat breaking fucking mics and shit here we go this setup, up the musician setup. up alright I'm gonna leave you guys on this one since it is the political season and all that nonsense um, so whenever people find out that I went to Iraq they always have like it's always like a dude in a fucking affliction t-shirt has the same same questions like hey bro bro like what was it like you know like over there and I'm like well Iraq um, it's a lot like Arizona you know but uh less fundamentalist. <laughs> Thank you very much. You guys have been awesome. Have a great night.
3: Richard Dryling! Yes! He's back! You know after that set, I don't know who I would want to take on Survivor with me, Annette Mullaney or Richard Dryland. I'm having a toss-up on that. I think that you guys, you've got the the smart person theory of like the three people and the smartitude. He was a Marine. Maybe the two of you should go on Survivor together. You should get a tape together. Yeah, we should at least put it out on YouTube because that's what people do now, right? It's like comedians, they just do silly tapes and they're like, look, it's a minute and a half long. We're all funny. And then they get a million views and everybody's like, you're so funny. And you're like, I've been doing this for five years. And they're, no, no videos. So, okay. We're all divorced here. Yay! Yay! Yay. You're not. You're an audience, but the people are. Your next comedian, he's way too young to be divorced, too. What? A, how is this happening? How are the young kids getting married so young and then getting divorced so young? I love it. I think that uh, everyone needs to spread the money around. Put your hands together for the next comedian. It's Brandon Gardner. Yay!
0: guys hello
12: nice to see you great job rich that was dope um yeah i uh i was very young when i got married i got uh married at 19 years old yeah uh people ask me how it was and my answer is uh bad not good (laughs) what do you think (laughs) there's never a decision when there's never a decision where i'm like that i made when i was 19 i'm like good decision doesn't happen like, that's how you know it wasn't great. Um, like, I generally, like, make mistakes. Uh, like, it's, so it's not, if you know who I am, it's not that big a surprise that I would make a, a big mistake. <laughs> like, uh, I'm prone to making them. Like, I was, uh, I, I make mistakes all the time. Like, in front of my house, I made one. Um, I live in a really bad neighborhood. It's, uh, I live in East Oakland. I live in a bad neighborhood actually called the Killing Zone. It's the name of where I live. And we're right next door to a neighborhood called the Murder Dubs. <laughs> and they're starting a new project next to us called the Strangle Fields. So that's great. Um, and I'm pretty sure the only reason I'm still alive right now is because everyone who lives there thinks I'm actually Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> People are like, don't shoot him, man. You're going to kill Facebook. Like... <laughs> I uh I was at I made a mistake when I was uh waiting at a bus stop, the one like a block down from my house. Uh it was super late at night, it was eleven o'clock, it was dark out. I'm the only person there waiting for a bus. I'm reading my book under the streetlight. And a lady came up and stood next to me, but it was really close, like what I thought was irresponsibly close. So I decided to let her know about it. I was like, Are you sure you want to stand so close to to some guy you don't know in the middle of the night. She was like, you're reading a book written by Tina Fey. <laughs> I'll protect you. So that's how I found out I'm a harmless man. And she is now my landlord. <laughs> um, I'm also, I'm, I'm like definitely like a nerdy person, which I'm not, I'm not a fan of how nerds are considered cool now. Like, it's very in-chic to be ner- a nerd now, like people wear nerdy glasses without lenses just because like, they like how they look. And I'm not a big fan of that because nerds aren't great people. Our main defining trait that we have that makes you a nerd is that you like ruining good conversations. <laughs> we invented the word actually. Actually. <laughs> It doesn't even matter what time it is. We will use that word no matter what. We'll be like, actually, I'm in your labia menorah right now. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll always use it. Um, but I, uh, I am a nervous person. Like I get, uh, especially like now, especially now when, like, when I talk to women, I'll, uh, I get nervous pretty easily. Like I'll scare easy. Um, I made a mistake uh, when I was texting the, this girl. It was the first text I sent, and I would just gotten this girl's number, and the first text I sent, uh, I sa- sent one. It said, uh, how are your day? And I sent it on accident. And she responded with, was like, what? And I was like, I meant, um, and then I just deleted the number. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people, how they, how do people have confidence? How do they do it? <laughs> But I'm okay, like in that I I always have to like remind myself that I'm gonna be okay because I always have something to compare myself to. Everyone can compare themselves to something. Like people in San Francisco are like, well, our rent's not as bad as New York. And people in New York are like, our rent isn't as bad as the moon. (laughs) So for me, I can compare myself to uh, the entire human race when when we try contacting aliens. I will never be as bad as we do when we try contacting aliens. The only reason we haven't made contact at this point is because we're trying way too hard. So we're coming off as desperate to them. (laughs) We've sent over 800 satellites into space. That's a lot of unresponded text messages in a row. (laughs) We're very clueless and unaware of how we approach this whole thing. Like, we make dolls of them. We make dolls of the person we're looking for. (laughs) We're Helga Pataki from Hey Arnold. Like one of those satellites we sent had a location of where we are in the universe specified with a rhythm. We sent someone we don't know a mixtape, and we weren't even nice enough to have like a Cranberry song on it, like Zombie. We just had a message by itself that said, this is where I live, and that was it. Like we think we're John Cusack in the movie Say Anything. But we're Steve Buscemi in anything. <laughs> <laughs> we actually also, like, uh, addendum to that, uh, we f- found out, we sent a second one. We, we didn't get a response to that satellite, so we sent the exact same satellite a second time. So we're that person who, like, leaves you a voicemail, and like, hey, I, I don't know if you got my first message. Haven't heard from you. Uh, I don't, I didn't really plan this far. Oh, boy. Uh, how, how, how are your day? Uh, uh, okay, you know what? I'll just talk to you later. Okay, cool. Bye. Like, I'm pretty sure we're going to send another satellite soon, but it'll just be, you know what? I don't need you. I'm a self-made person. I'm going to be fine. Get some drinks with a gal soon. I was actually at a cafe recently, and uh, I heard. This is a thing I just have to talk about because I just heard this. Uh, There was a girl two two tables away from me, and I I overheard her say, uh, uh, "Yeah, like I look like looking up uh, lyrics for songs like online, but like I can't read them whenever I'm driving, and I wish there was something that would say them out loud for me." (laughs) You mean like the song? (laughs) I'm pretty sure you mean the song. That's that's what it does. Like, it's gonna be a person who's like, I really like reading scr- like scripts, but I wish there was something like <laughs> something that would make this into a real life version that I could watch on a televised network. I don't. Um, so yeah, I uh, I got married super young, uh, nineteen, and it was because of religious reasons. Um, I grew up a super religious kid, and I've always like been like, I'm not religious anymore. And I've, like, always been, like, debunking how that goes because, uh, like, it's a really strange thing. Like, generally, like, God says that, like, in the Bible says that we're God's family, that uh, we're, God is our father. And if that's the case, that means God made all of us and then just walked out <laughs> and didn't come back. And he just, like, left, and he gave us some, like, gifts once in a while to let us know that he still cares, and he sent us some messages to be like, I'm still around. I'm coming back. I think that God is our dad, but we're just his second family. I grew up in this. Uh, I grew up in a town that was like it was like a super small, secluded, very religious town. It's not that far away. It was a farm town, but like it. it whenever you describe it, it sounds like it's from the Midwest. It's very conservative. Like for so things were generally different there. Like it was uh, for me to get to first base with a girl was for me to picture her naked and then take a cold shower while apologizing to God. <laughs> it was the entire. And second base was offering her dad a dowry. That was. That was how I grew up. Uh, It was a really weird small town where the only award you got was having the yellowest corn in town. That was (laughs) the only thing. It was a really weird place. Um, Now, uh, the reason that I did this is because I took religion very seriously. Like, I grew up in a place where, like, uh, it was like people were Christian. You know, they were like, "Uh, you better be a good Christian. But then they'd be like, I'm going to fuck a lady while on the side. Like, they were all still bad people. And, uh, the, but I, uh, I found out, I started like looking into Christianity a lot when I got, cause I was raised with it, but then like I, uh, found out that I started looking into it and got really into it in high school. And then, um, so I took it so seriously that I didn't masturbate at all. Um, I did a couple times when I first started and then for the rest of my adolescence, I was like, I'm going
2: to be frustrated every
12: day. That was all... <laughs> It was really strange. Like the like I I didn't have to do this then, but if I ever grew up having to like go to my room and say I was going to do something else instead of masturbating. Like the only thing like what you do for masturbation is you go to a computer by yourself and then nothing nobody has ever changed after it's over. So I would call it arguing on Facebook about political issues. And really inside thing. Um so I uh would I didn't masturbate, and this, like, affected me in a few ways where, like, for friends, there's this thing that happens for adolescent boys where whenever uh, we find out that, like, that masturbation's a thing, we'll, like, tell stories that are, like, war stories <laughs> where, like, of, like, times that, like, you almost got caught. And so my, friend and, uh, my friends would be, be like, like, yeah, my dad was coming down the hall, and then uh, he, like, knocked a picture over, so I heard him coming, so I, like, pulled him up, and then I was fine, and then I high-fived him, and he couldn't tell, even though my hand was wet, and it was great, and, <laughs> and then, like, they'll all high-five each other, I'm like, I'm nervous about high-fiving you now, but let's high-five, I support you. And then I would be my turn, everyone would tell the stories, and it would be my turn to relate to everyone. And I didn't masturbate. I didn't have these stories, so I would make something up. <laughs> and I'd be like, uh, oh, boy. Guys, I was beating it so hard last night. I was beating that thing. I was beating it with a belt. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just going to town on that chicken. Feel me? <laughs> boy, did I? And di- did I come? Yes, I did. Boy, did I come. I just filled up an entire sleeping bag. Oh boy. Got on the ground a little. Some of the carpets going not have to be reupholstered because I just come so much. Call me come, boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> this is a Tezuka film because I am come, boy. Uh, I. <laughs> And so like, I but then like, it actually helped me once whenever, uh, when I was, uh, in a Christian camp during the summer, uh, kids in this one cabin were asking a counselor. Uh, they were like, so like, how do you like really, are you really not supposed to masturbate? That doesn't sound possible. And the counselor was like, yeah, (laughs) like you could hear the disappointment in his voice. Like, guess I'm going to lie to these kids again. But then, like, he, he, he was really tripping over his words to, like, say, like, how you could do it. And so then I shot my arm up, and I was like, I haven't done it
2: since February.
12: <laughs> and then they made me the leader of the worship group at church. <laughs> 100% true. <laughs> but uh, the way that it affected me the most is for my first girlfriend I had in high school. Um, I wasn't masturbating at all, and we at one point, um, uh, started, uh, heavy petting while we were making a good makeout out session or room, and, uh, started making out a whole bunch to get to, like, moving around a lot. Like, if I could call, make a memoir about my sexual exploits in high school, it would be moving around a lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, we... And then at one point, uh, we were getting, like, moving a lot. Like, there's, like, a lot of, like, straight-up dry humping going on. And at one point, I start to think, huh, I wonder if I'm just going to go all the way. But then I stop at the Fruir's, I wonder if, because at that point, something happened. I can only describe it as I cuddled to completion. (laughs) In my pants. (laughs) I, uh, like... If you want, like, if you don't masturbate, then like, if you don't masturbate for a while, then uh, your dick is kind of like uh, the beginning of Gladiator when Russell Crowe is like, "At my
2: word, we unleash hell,"
12: <laughs> and then a, a soldier accidentally throws a spear, and the spears are come, <laughs> and uh, and so then I just stop moving, and she's like, "What's wrong?" and I didn't say anything. <laughs> And then I just rolled her to the side of the bed and laid there for a second and just stared at the ceiling. And then I got up and then waddled out of her room the way that, like, a kid does whenever they shit their pants. <laughs> waddled out of her house, waddled to my car, and I got in my car and started driving home, and she sends me a text saying, like, I hope you're okay, what's wrong? And I ignored it. And I spent the entire car ride just apologizing to Jesus Christ. Oh. And I, kn- and I went on to marry that girl, and then I divorced her, and she still doesn't know that happened. <laughs> I'm done. Thanks, everybody.
3: That was amazing. Brandon Gardner. wow. Wow, it came to completion. The story came to completion. I'm so happy. I love religiousness, I did it too. Go Jesus, yeah. I, I, I wasn't, I masturbated in my closet when I was a kid. I didn't let anybody know with my Barbies. My Barbies were always doing something weird. I was never allowed to have a Ken. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have a Ken because I couldn't have any non-dick in the girl. I was like, you want me to be a lesbian? Cool, they're like, don't be an artist, don't be an artist. Your next comedian is a gem. I can't believe she's divorced. Who would she... I mean, I, I, I can't believe anybody would leave you. So I'm like, oh, did you actually put some? You were like, I'm gonna marry my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna combine all my... I don't know how much wealth you have. I know you have a wealth of spirit, which I enjoy so much. I feel like we do psychic yoga together. She doesn't even know it, but I'm on the bus, I'm thinking about her and I'm like, oh, I'm doing a crane or something. I have no idea. Someday, someday, we'll be in an orgy together, hopefully. Put your hands
6: together for Amy Bebo! Thank you. Right on. Um, It's true, it's true, I'm divorced. And um, that thing you were just describing sounds like some things that's happened to some of my massage clients, you know? (laughs) Like, when they're face down, you know? Like, hey, you have to pay extra for that, man. You can't pull one over on me. You can't grind one out on my sheets without me noticing. Um, so it's true. I, I was married. I married. I got married. Um, in fact, I left a perfectly sweet boy who had no prospects to marry a guy who was like an insurance guy who had like a Mustang, you know? Like, And this is my, my girlfriend here, um, Amy, who's, um, she was there the night that I met him. And, that, and I don't know if it was a blessing or a curse. Like we met this night, like I was a waitress and she was a waitress and we got called off work at our stupid jobs and we. We went up for sushi, because that's what we did, because we were bougie in Minneapolis, and um, and we went to go see our friend's band, and, like, I saw this sax player, and it was like I was looking at him through, like, a tunnel of love, and it was, like, a light, and it was shining, and he was looking at me, and, like, it was, like, this love at first sight thing, and, and so we got, we got engaged very quickly, because he was like, why are you dating that loser with no car? I'm like, I don't know, and he's like, date me. I'm like, red car, yay, convertible. You know, I don't know. I was bougie. So, I, um, we actually got engaged here in California, and in Napa Valley, on a trip I was supposed to take my other ex-boyfriend on. <laughs> like, uh, I, di- I broke up with him, and my husband and I are like... I don't know why we got engaged after like three and a half weeks, but you know there we are at the Mondavi Vineyard, and we're strolling about with like an expensive taste of wine, and after some balloon ride, you know, and shit. And um, and and I thought to myself, what a romantic place it would be to get engaged. And literally, like, the daddy like drops down and busts out a ring, and you know, we get engaged. And um, on this same trip, I, you know, we used to share our dreams, like what are you know, like our, our dreams at night. Um, Ladies, if you dream about fucking big black dudes, don't tell your husband that in the you know, or your new fiance. Like that's not to be disclosed. You know what I mean? They don't they don't want to hear because you're opening up a line of questioning (laughs) that you don't want to go down. You know, like um. So then, so then he got paranoid. He started asking me. He's like, "Well, you know, he's paranoid about his dick size. How many guys in here are paranoid about their dick size?" The Indian one. Um, it's okay. It's okay. You've got a lady. Um, you guys are together, you know? Um, so, so you know, so then he started asking me, like, well, have you ever been with a black guy? And I'm like, well, mm, shit, you know? And then he's like, well, is my dick too small? I'm like, no, no, it's fine, you know? And then and then sure enough, I, I said something, and then, like, all I could hear about the whole time we are married is, like, about his small, you know, dick. And it's just, it's not that fun, you know? It's just, like, you shouldn't. It's not funny, actually. Um, Pam already made fun of her husband's small dick the whole time earlier. Um, another thing is like we got we got together quickly, and then and then later he was like he's like you're not you're not getting wet for me, you know you're not getting wet, and I was just like you know, it's because there's like a, a narrow parameter of times where you can call me a whore that it turns me on, (laughs) you know? It it doesn't work like all the time, you know? It's totally like when we're on the way to your families for Easter, for example, you know what I mean? Like, it, that's not the time, you know, that I want to hear about the guys that I fucked before you, that you knew about, you know? And that's the thing, is like, he wanted a girl that wanted to have, like, threesomes and get down and be freaky, but somehow she should be some kind of virgin, you know, beforehand without, without a pass. You know, that, that doesn't really work. And, um, you know, I, I engaged, I was cool, like, we can have a threesome, you know? So we, he found, this is before Tinder, this is like back in the day, it's like adult friend finder. Like, I didn't even know he's like cruising on adult friend finder. So he picks up some, like, 19-year-old Canadian girl, you know, and, and brings her home, and, like, he's fucking her while I'm grocery shopping. And I'm like, you know, unless you count the pillow as a sentient being, that is not a threesome, you know? And, um, and then she had, like, a random pregnancy scare. And so we had made these pot cookies, right? And so we're at home, and we made pot cookies, and we're hungry. And, like, you know how it is. You make the cookie. You eat one cookie. They're delicious. You eat another cookie. It's really delicious. You eat one more cookie. You don't answer the door. You know? Like, now, like, they, there's somebody, like, knocking on the door. And I'm pretty sure it's the maybe pregnant 19-year-old from Canada. You know? And we're just like, ah! so um okay so we're gonna go through a little thing like my ex-husband is so crazy because he was crazy that's why I had to leave him so okay my ex-husband was so crazy, How crazy was he? he was bipolar you guys it's not funny mental illness isn't funny you know don't laugh at that it's diagnosable no um okay my ex-husband was so crazy, How crazy was he? he married me after I threw a candle at him <laughs> you know He still married me. I mean, like, that's pretty crazy. So, yeah, so back to, like, the whore thing, like, so one day we did, like, a role play, you know, because it was already boring, the sex, you know, so, so we were doing this, like, prostitute, you know, like, guy who wants a prostitute, like, role play, and, he, and he's calling me up, you know, I mean, because, like, isn't that what everybody is always doing in their marriage, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, isn't that the definition of marriage? Um, so, so he, he calls me up, and I'm, like, on the phone, and I'm, like, hello, you know, this is destiny, you know, and, and he's, like, yeah, um, I'm, I want a date for tonight, and I'm, like, okay, babe like, you know, and I start going through, you know, I've never like been like the person who answers the phone at an escort service, but I kind of imagine it's like they're ordering a pizza, you know, so I'm like, well, what kind of toppings and what size do you want? And so I'm, I'm asking all these questions, which apparently you guys, I was too good at being a fake whore you know, on the phone. So when he shows up, he's mad because he thinks I'm a real whore, you know, cause he's like, and I was just like, but wait a minute. Why would I, if I was a whore, why would I want to role play my job? Do you know what I mean? Like, cause if you, if like, if I was a waitress, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be like, okay, like you be the manager and I'll be the waitress. And, um, I'll work and stand up for, like, six hours and then you'll write me up um, because I don't have enough pens, you know, and then you'll spank me. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not a turn on, you know. Or if you, are like, worked at Safeway, like, I'll pretend I'm stocking the shelves, you know, and, uh, you know, you can pretend that you're shoplifting behind me. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, um... I didn't get good parting gifts in this. It was a starter marriage, so you know, you kind of expect, you know, you're going to get parting gifts and I was pretty bummed cuz I got I got like 10 grand, but I had to use it all for like ayahuasca ceremonies, you know, to get over the trauma, you know. Like 6 years later, I'm still vomiting out hatred for that guy, you know? Um he wasn't nice to me. I actually it was mushrooms that gave me, God bless mushrooms, that gave me the clarity. Does anybody partake in psychedelics in this room? Yeah, it was mushrooms that gave me the clarity to get out of that like nightmare. And we were only together, we were were engaged in four weeks, married in a year, and then we stayed married for two years, you know? And in the meantime, like buying a house, I had this like four bedroom house in the suburbs and we had this cat. And uh, it was we had cats. Peace and unity. Peace and unity. And, and I think the cat peace, she was confused about her name and she thought it was just peas. Because that cat would fucking piss on everything in the house. Like, and he wasn't even smart enough to put his towel like, in the laundry basket. I was like, dude, you know if you leave it next to the laundry basket, the cat's just gonna pee on it. And I hate you, so I'm not gonna clean the house, you know? So it was it was pretty, it was pretty gross, you know? Because I was like, fuck you. He's like, what do you do all day? I'm like, um just cry, (laughs) you know, like, what do you, what am I supposed to do, you kept me up all night yelling at me, you know, because you're insecure, and, um, he would say really charming things, too, he would be like, um, Amy, uh, you know, I would leave you, but I'm afraid nobody else would ever love you, (laughs) and I'm like, wow, that's, at Christmas in front of your grandparents, you're gonna say that, you know, (laughs) thanks for the presents, no, he was, he was a douche, um, so, And he was a musician. I kind of fell in love with this musician. We were at this music festival, and I took some mushrooms, and suddenly I was, like, happy again. I was, like, I felt like myself. I was happy. And, like, he was watching me be happy, and he was so unhappy. He was just, like, seeing me, like, being, like, yay, like my old self. Because I didn't touch any psychedelics for three years while we were together because I was afraid, you know, because psychedelics are going to show you the truth of of the reality, and and I didn't want to see it. So I took these mushrooms, and he was, like, I feel like I'm watching you fall in love with someone else. And I'm, I'm like, no, you might be just watching me fucking love myself again. And fuck you. So I dipped out. I actually did some more mushrooms while I was packing up my shit from the house. And uh, it was good. Like, normally, I was like, if, if it's not going to be good, you know, like, I was so happy. I was like, just pack my shit. Get the fuck out of there. Um, where are these orgy parties <laughs> that I don't, you know what I mean? Because, like, I don't know. Like, what's been I, I have not been invited to them. I'm also from the Midwest. I, I think that I would be welcome at such a party, you know, I, somebody could like, tag me on Facebook, and the next time that there's the orgy party happening, I would be quite grateful, I mean, fucking hell, you know, Um, I'm looking at my hand, because that's where, oh, yeah, and, look, we would fight about so many things, we fought about, like, the kids, you know, that we didn't have, that we were gonna have, you know, we'd fight about their names, and I was, like, bougie, and I wanted them to be, like, you know, Aspen and Snowbird, you know, and he's, like, no, you have to name them after me, and I'm, like, you know, fuck stick ju- douche nozzle junior just doesn't roll off the tongue, you know? I don't, I don't think we're gonna be able to enroll our kid in school if we name them after you, you know? He's such an asshole, God bless him. Um, <laughs> I did want better parting gifts. I wasn't like you. We, we did have a prenup, you know, because he had this, like, family's business and, like, selling insurance. We had, like, good life insurance policy, and on our honeymoon, I almost, like, took him up on that, you know, because he made me happy a like 12 mile trail on my fucking honeymoon I'm like do I look like a hiker you guys do no I am not I mean not only am I not a hiker he thought that I was going to become morbidly obese while we were together so maybe that's why he made me like do this he was like I'm just afraid that um you're gonna pop out a kid and you're gonna become morbidly obese (laughs) I'm just like who's that so we're like walking this like cow trail and there's this like really narrow part you know where it's very easy to fall off you know and it just would have been so easy to just to stumble to stumble towards him and you know watch him roll down off the off the cliff into the you know ocean below um but then there's a chance that he could survive you know, and then you're in trouble, you know? (laughs) Then instead of life insurance, it's medical bills, which is like the opposite of fun, you know, right? I know nobody wants him to live. Um, a lot of times, I, I still no. I, God bless him, you know. Um, I get I get hit up from my my um, my brother in law because he works in like the same industry. He'll be like, "Jeremy's making a lot of money," you know, and I'm like, "Well, he's still a fucking asshole, so <laughs> he's not gonna get any more action with the Bebo." I'm I'm actually like having much more fun. I, since I got divorced, I've traveled to like 26 countries. And um, yeah, yeah. I've been independent. I've enjoyed my life. I've found lots of people to love me. (laughs) Nobody that necessarily. I mean, I've been engaged several times. I mean, sure, they are Tibetan refugees who need green cards, but... You know, and almost a Jordanian guy that I met on the BART. <laughs> also a virgin. You know, we're talking about. I'm like, I just don't see this working out. You know, like I don't see it working out. So, thank you so much to Pam Benjamin and Comedy Clubhouse for having, <laughs> having us all here. So I can tell my Emmy sp- people.
3: She's available. I don't know what your email is, but uh, hashtag Amy Bebo for your next orgy. Please invite her. She's, she's going to be a great addition. So that's, there, was, there was one time where I got to be the Rogue 17th member, and there's people, they asked me, they said, Hey, it's Burning Man weekend, but we're not doing that this year. You need to come with us, uh, but you don't get to choose are you gonna come or are you not? And I was like, oh, I guess I'll go. And I got to be the 17th member on a, a with the porn clowns on, a, on a, 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 we were on the Delta on houseboats. It was an orgy, it was my first orgy, it was a good time. I, I learned how much I like flogging. <laughs> it was so nice. It feels so nice on your twat, you know what I mean? Those soft pieces of leather. It's so good to be divorced. You guys, your headliner is gonna wow the fuck out of you. Are you guys ready for your fucking headliner? Clap it up. Yeah! This guy, you can see him at the punchline at Cobb's. He's a regular at all of those places, but he's here for you right now, and he's divorced. Love him up, clap wildly for Jesse Head!
13: Hey, thanks everyone. There's a, there's a lot of people on this uh, divorced show lineup, which, what a surprise. People who gravitate towards stand-up comedy also have a lot of failed relationships. That's, yeah, people who express themselves inappropriately and also don't do well in uh, romantic endeavors. What, who would have thought? I also, I, like Brandon, I got married uh, when I was 19. But it was—it wasn't for religious reasons. I mean, it was for—it w- it was for—it uh, was like for love, sort of genuinely, because uh, like I was in love. Uh, I was in love with the with the lady I got married to. I was in love with her the same way that you like love stuff when you're 19. You know, like I loved her like I loved Kevin Smith movies and 311 the band. <laughs> <laughs> stuff that I now look back on. I'm like, oh Jesus, no, mm, not anymore. But you know. I was 19, it seemed tight. It was I got married because uh, the girl that I was with, was. Uh, she was uh, an illegal immigrant. She was like, yeah, right? Mm. She was a spicy Latina. From she was from Colombia, and she was like the only one of her siblings that wasn't born in the U.S. And so like, we started dating, and it was going well, and she was like my first big love. And then, uh, like, I don't know, four or six months into it, she was like, I got to move back to Colombia and I was like, no, why? Don't do not do that. And she's like, well, something I didn't tell you. Uh, I'm, I'm here illegally and have been since I was a small child. And uh, now that she was, uh, she just turned 19 also. And she was like, the INS is kind of sniffing around. And so I'm going to just move back so I don't get arrested. And I was like, was there anything else, uh, any other way that you could just like stick around? And she was like, well, I mean, if we got married, I could stay here, but that's illegal. And I was like, well, I love you and I fucking love crime also. So <laughs> let's do this. I love you and I love selling weed. So let's stick it out. And then we stayed married for like six years. You know, I got divorced when I was 25. And still, it wasn't, yeah, thank you. It wasn't like we didn't like break up on bad terms. We were both like, we had, like, the nice, my, like, this is my breakup move in general, where you just, like, like steadily, uh, like, sort of pull back, and then, like, uh, after a few months go by, and she's like, things aren't going well. I think maybe we should break up. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that's a good idea. We should probably do that. <laughs> you, were, you were thinking about that, too? Hey, whoa. What a crazy coincidence. It was dope, too, because we were, like, super poor, which divorce when you're poor is not that bad. Like there's no assets to split up. Like, do you want the coffee table, or should I? <laughs> we'll both take it to Goodwill? Okay, cool. <laughs> you grab that in. I'll get this one. Let's get the fuck out of this failing relationship. Awesome. So it was like it worked out well, and we're still friends. And I actually just ran into her uh, at the BART station, the Coliseum BART. Uh, she was going to a Warriors game with her, uh, with her new man. That They're engaged And it's cool. I'm happy for it. Yeah, he's like a, it's cool because he's like a, he's like a taller, skinnier, more boring version of me. So I was like, okay, yeah, you got to type. I get it. Excellent. We still get along great. It's fucking fantastic. I went to uh, her sister's wedding. We danced. We had a wonderful time. Had I got super drunk at the wedding. It was cool. Like that's my, that's my wedding move. Just open bar. Yeah. Guess what? Seven whiskeys and I'm dancing. (laughs) No one is gonna stop me from dancing. Look out! And I could tell, like her, uh, her new guy was like getting a little like weird about it, and so I like did a uh, weird, semi-aggressive move, I guess, in retrospect, where I took him aside. I was like, "Don't worry about it, man. Everything that we had is over. <laughs> it's all you, Doug. Check out. Th- there's this one tongue thing that she really likes. Let me show you on the." <laughs> let, me, let me fold this cocktail napkin in half. <laughs> I'll show you what she landed in yeah, it was. So we're... I have a weird relationship with her current fiance, I guess. We're gonna have to battle each other to death at some point. I don't know. It's, it's good, though, man. Like, it's good now. It's fucking... I have a hard time... Uh, I kind of have a hard time uh, dating uh, after that. Because I'm, like, kind of a... I was, like like, born and raised by like women like I was raised by like a single mom and I got two little sisters and so I'm like like the, the scariest thing in the world for me is for a woman to be mad at me I also have like oppositional defiant disorder so like if a, if a man is mad at me I'm like yeah fuck you let's fight about it and if a woman is mad at me I'm like I'm maybe gonna cry don't please just please don't yell at me so I have a tendency to like stick around in relationships longer then I should, probably. And like I said, do the weird pullback move, where you just grow increasingly distant over many, many weeks, and then wait for the other person to bring up the prospect of a breakup, and then you just strongly agree with them. You're like, mm-hmm. Let's do that. And my la- I just got out of like a, well, it was a couple months ago. Wow, geez, like fucking three, four months now. I have a hard time keeping track of time also. That's another one of my big flaws, as long as we're sharing. I don't know how much time it's been since things happened. Came out of a bad, ba- like a, like a year long relationship, uh, that ended probably like four months ago and, uh, was real, was real sad about it for a couple months, but now I have some distance and uh, some perspective on it. And I kind of realized that it wasn't that good in the first place. Like it wasn't, like it seemed great, but like, you know, we stayed in it for the wrong, like you ever, you guys ever stayed in a relationship for like four months longer than you should just cause the other person's place has great water pressure. It's my move. Like you fall asleep every night, and you're like, "Oh my god, she cries all the time." And I think she maybe gonna cheat on me, and maybe she already is. And like, I woke up the the other. It was like 3:30 in the morning, and I woke up. and She was just sitting there, crisscross applesauce, just staring at me. <laughs> That's a bad sign. <laughs> I should figure out a way to get out of this without hurting her feelings, and then. Every morning, and then you wake up in the morning and you're taking a shower and getting ready for work and you're like, hmm, I think we can figure this out. Like, actually, <laughs> this, this shower is fantastic. <laughs> so much better than the shower at my garbage house.
1: <gasps>
13: it's tough, too, because I have, like, a, I have a super low self-esteem. I have, like, non-existent self-esteem. I just, like, don't think of myself as a person uh, a lot of the time. <laughs> You am know, just sort of like an entity. I think of myself as like a like a like a tall monkey who sort of walks on its back legs. So when another person is interested in me, I'm like, "Oh, really? You're like a human being with the you got like dental insurance? Oh my God, what are you what are you doing with me?" was glad the, the, the last girl that I was with, we were like uh, we were a couple months into it, and we're laying in bed one morning and having some pillow talk, and I said something funny, and she was like, "Oh my God, I think uh, I think I'm falling in love with you." And my reaction was, "What? Why?" <laughs> you remember yesterday when I said all that weird stuff because I was drunk and like, "What's wrong with you?" It's cool though. I'm uh, getting back out, getting back out there, doing some dance. I'm in an open relationship now, I guess. I thought I was just like, I, I was just like going out with uh, this woman and like we were fucking a couple times a week. And then she was like, "I guess we're in an open relationship." And I was like, "Is that what it's called?" Okay. Does that mean I can still do whatever I want all the time? All right, tight. (laughs) Because I still like you, but I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I also don't want to be your boyfriend. Because that's a weird thing when you're in your 30s, and you're like, a boyfriend? Like, do I have to get a little, like, hat with a propeller on it? Like, what am I fucking... (laughs) Some, like, little stripey overalls? Because I'm your boyfriend! Like, fucking... (laughs) Doesn't make sense. There should be another word for it. Be like, your your man buddy. (laughs) (laughs) sounds stupid. I don't want to be a man buddy either. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Not for me. Is that, do they have a song called Man Buddy? Yeah, that's true. They're also tiny, tiny people. They're all all—they're just wearing regular-sized kids' clothes ACDC. <laughs> but they fit right into them. One of my friends has a he's, a... he's a very small person. He's not, like, medically small. He's not, it's not, like a, it's not like a technical dwarf, but he's, like, a little guy. And his wife's pretty tall. And I think his kid is going to grow up to be taller than him. Like, that's going to be weird when your kid is, like, 16 and just towering over you and you're trying to discipline him. He's like, whatever, tiny dad. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tell me nothing. <laughs> Push your face into the toilet if I want to. <laughs> It'd be terrible being a tiny little dad. No kids for me, no thank you. And a couple pregnancy scares. But zero children thus far. Thanks. I think I'd be like my, my relatives. Uh, I, I grew up in the Midwest also, so I have like a like a huge sort of Midwestern family. And uh, I got a lot of like young cousins and nieces and nephews, and every time my uh, my relatives see me playing with my nieces and nephews, they're like, "Why don't you have kids? Like you're so great with the kids." And I'm like, "I'm very great with kids in like a superficial way, because I also have poor impulse control, (laughs) like love cartoons and throwing things at other things." So I was like, "Why, why don't, Jesse? Why don't you have any kids of your own? Like, why you should have some kids? You'd be a great dad." I'm like, "I would be a, like a dangerously bad dad. That's <laughs> the same qualities that make me a great uncle just make me a dangerously bad father." Like, did you see it at the barbecue when I was like, "You, you got mad at me because I was hanging my niece over the side of the porch?" And <laughs> You're like, "Why are you doing that?" And I was like, "Well, there was a cool rock down there." And <laughs> She couldn't reach it because her arms were so short. And then I also <laughs> couldn't reach it because it was too far down. But then I was hanging over and we were using teamwork to reach the rock. And then you came up and yelled at me.
1: Teamwork.
13: <laughs> Why do you? My sister-in-law got mad at me because uh, she came. I was, uh, I was babysitting my nephews. I was back visiting the family and I was babysitting my three little nephews. And uh, my sister-in-law came home from uh, the grocery store. And me and my nephews were up on the roof together. And she like, we were having a great time. Hanging out on the roof, just fucking the het boys. Just the kings of Hillsboro, Kansas. Looking out over the land. Just surveying everything. And then she pulled up in the driveway. She jumped out of her car. She's like, what are you doing on the roof? And I was like, if we're being honest, I don't quite remember the chain of events that led us all to being <laughs> on the roof. Um, we were playing frisbee and then the frisbee went on the roof and then I got up the ladder and I got up to get the frisbee off the roof and then the roof was super fun and then Aiden was like can I come on on the roof too and I was like if you can make it up that ladder all by yourself then you can be on the roof (laughs) and then he did and I was like I'm proud of you buddy congratulations i getting on the roof. And then little Jackson was down there all by himself while me and his brother were on the roof. And I was like, Jackson, same deal for you, man. I know you're smaller, but if you can make it up on the roof, I'll be proud of you too. And then he did. And then little Charlie, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> give it up for Jackson, getting on the roof all by himself. <laughs> And then little Charlie, man, he was, he's clearly too small to climb a ladder. So I climbed back down, and then I put him on my back like a responsible adult, and I just piggybacked him up on the roof with me. And, I mean, in retrospect, that's a dangerous situation where any of the boys could have easily died. But we all made it, and we did it together. And now my little brother is divorced also. <laughs> Which is dope cuz now I don't have to pretend like I think his ex-wife is an okay person. <laughs> cuz she's a garbage human being and I just spent like 6 years having to pretend like this person was okay and when she would say like, "Well, I think the blacks bring it on themselves." I would have to be like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> "Fuck." <laughs> it's Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving is not a time for arguments. So, I guess you have a valid point. But now my brother's like, "Yeah, my wife was awful." And I'm like, "Yeah, she was. You're right." I knew it the whole time. I'm glad you finally come around on that. I'm the only I'm kind of the only uh, the only one from my dad's side, the only uh, the only of the boys who uh, who made it. I have a uh, I have two little brothers and one little sister and me and the and the brothers we all kind of we all had it kind of hard because like my dad like ran out on me pretty early, and then uh, he he remarried another lady and had more kids, and uh, was like really shitty to my uh, to my younger brothers, but then uh, like really loving to my uh, to my little sister, and we all get along great now, and now, like in retrospect, I realize that my dad was just waiting to have a child that he could love without it being like gay in any way. Like, well, if I love one of my sons, that's me loving another dude. Mm. And then he had a, he had a daughter and he was like, "Out tight. Hooray. Finally an outlet for all of my positive feelings. <laughs> <laughs> just not all like discipline and yelling. It was all right. though. Actually, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of fine. I was mostly raised by my mom. Cause like they, like I said, my parents divorced uh, at a very uh, early time. And, uh, I was like raised by like a single mom, and then I would go back and visit my dad, and he was like a heavy drinker and like uh, like did a lot of drugs and stuff. But I still have mostly positive memories about our time together. Uh, you guys ever look back on uh, on your, your your fun times that you had with your dad and realize that he was just fucking shit faced the whole time? <laughs> and then looking back on it, it makes sense. You're like, oh, remember that time we went to the dump and.